Happy holidays and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living and Making podcast. As you may have guessed, this is our holiday special today. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things, but first, as always, I'm your host, Adam Mackey, and joining me, as always, is Molly Kurt. Hello. And the Grant Alexander. Hello. Every time I say the... <laughs> anyway. Um, what have you boys been up to this week? Been busy? I have. Uh, Grant? Well, why don't you go first? Oh, I'm first on the list. Never mind. Uh, well, I just put out yesterday. Well, we're recording the day before we're recording this, but this doesn't come out for a few days. I put out a new video on YouTube um, making a coffee table out of a kick drum, which was pretty fun. Um, made it in less than an hour, so it was a one hour build. Did a whole video, whole different video style. I just ended up editing the video to one song and tried to make it like a extra long commercial i guess you could call it that's what i was aiming for i was thinking about commercials when i was when i was editing it um which i really like and i think it might be something i move forward with because having videos that go for two to three minutes i think would appeal to a lot of people because a lot of maker videos these days are like 10 to 15 even some are 25 minutes long and i don't know people don't like that some well i mean people don't have time to watch it if you like Three minutes, I mean, you could just be watching that while you're doing a poo. So, there you oh, go. God, I think um, <laughs> I think it's an audience. I think it, I think it, I think it's an audience I can try and reach out to. That you know, some people like that sort of video, and I, I liked the editing. It was fun. I think it's great, and I think like YouTube right now. I think YouTube has gotten a lot of long videos, and I think they're ready for a shift back to some shorter ones. For sure, yeah. I think the algorithm might start yeah. rewarding short ones again soon. I think. I think the other thing too with making videos like that is you can have a lot of fun with it. Like with a making video, there's not really much you can do. You cut from one scene to another of doing different things and talk about what you're doing if you do voiceover, or whatever. But if I do it like a commercial, I can do whatever I want. I can do fancy transitions and and all that sort of stuff because it's part of what makes it the commercial style of video. Yeah, and I think that's what I really like liked about it was being able to have that fun with it and play. You know, I could add some filters to clips, and people aren't going to be that annoyed because it's the type of video that it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, like I think you can do that um, with a longer video too. Just go for it, and guess what? Well, I'm going to talk about it later, but in my in my clamp mandation, but it's something that's really started to bother me is that the amount of people that apologize in advance. I'm sorry, this isn't an X type of video or I'm, I know that hot glue isn't, uh, you know, isn't, isn't (laughs) a real glue for most people. And I go and stop apologizing. Just stop apologizing. Yeah. As as Zach said last week, there's 7 billion people in this world. If someone doesn't like it, there's going to be more people that do. Yep. So, Mm. Don't worry about it. Um, other thing I got done this week is I finally finished these damn drawers that I've been building for the back of a Land Cruiser. I am so sick of them. I'm never doing carpet work again. Um, so what, I'm considering never was- doing commission work again. Um, so with the carpet, I just it's just such a pain in the butt. Like trying to get it tight and staple it down, but then also there's parts where like I don't want staples because you don't want to be able to see them. Um, 
and stuff like that. And I just, I, I think it's more of I just don't know what I'm doing and I don't feel comfortable with it, but it's not really a skill that I'm interested in to learn. Right, so right. I don't really care as much. But then, like, I think with the commission work is that it ha- because someone's paying me to make it, I feel like it has to be perfect. Whereas if it was for me, the things that are wrong with it, I wouldn't care if it's for me. I'm like, oh, well, you know, it was a learning curve. I learned something. But, yeah. I think with doing something like that, especially for commission work, try not to learn on your commissions. Right? If you're learning yeah, I think on your that's commissions, definitely a it, then tell yeah. them and give them a deal. Right? And say, I'll give you this deal, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be learning on this, so it might not be perfect. If you do that, then I think it'll be a lot less stress. And don't yeah. and don't yeah, ever sure. let your the people buy the materials. You buy the materials. You say I'll buy the materials, and then you go buy it because that's I know you were talking about the carpet. They bought the wrong type of carpet, that made it extra difficult for you. <laughs> it, well, the, the carpet ended up not being um, as bad as I thought. It it folded around corners and everything fine. It, it um. I didn't have to score the back of it or anything, which was was really good. Um, so but I, yeah, I agree. Definitely um, don't learn on commissions and stuff. I honestly like see. I get massive anxiety about this sort of stuff. I I feel like I don't want people to think not necessarily bad of me because I can't do something, but I just have a problem saying no. And yeah. I should have just told the guy at the beginning, "Look, I'm more than happy to make the drawers, but go find someone else to upholster them." Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Or you could have just found someone else to upholster them. Subcontracted it. Subcontracted, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, for it, sure. It, it's exciting. I, I know well, when I've done carpeted boxes in the past for speaker boxes, we just spray glued them on with some Super 77, like 3M spray glue. Yeah, that's what I was curious yeah, about well, too, is if you could do it with, like, with contact cement, because that's also how laminate is applied. And I was wondering if it's like a similar process. I think I think you could use contact cement. The, I think the um, the seventy seven or whatever it is is just because it's spray. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I was I did I did use that at the beginning and I started with it and then I got frustrated with it because it takes too long to dry. So ended up moving on to just a staple gun and trying to hide the staples and everything. I mean, there's not too many of them that you can see, and I can I'm gonna um, go over them with a black texture because it's black carpet, so you won't really ever see them. Nice. But it is what it is. So yeah, nice. Yeah. I showed it my um my wife's nan's over, and I showed him to her because she was curious, and she said it looks professional. So I mean, I'm probably just You're beating myself up a bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. we always you, you know exactly where to look where the mistakes are, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> right. So your eye is immediately. Go- I'm, that's the mistake there. I see it. <laughs> yeah. Most like. Yeah. Oh, also the um. These draw slides the, that we've got as well um, are a massive pain. Like they're, they're made for a reason. They're made to keep the doors shut when they're shut. But the problem is that the draw slides have a locking mechanism on both slides. So you need to somehow push both slides down while trying to pull on the handle. There should only be a locking mechanism on one of the slides, and it. it's just they've got to be lined up perfectly and everything. It's just a massive pain. Yeah. But almost uh, there, though. Yeah, I can't wait to get rid of them. <laughs> well, I guess I'll go next. Uh, 
So I uh, this week I carved a, a Moravian star, which is you basically take a square block of wood and you you draw a bunch of lines on it, and then you you carve a star shape out of the square. So you're left with basically not much of the square and a whole bunch of uh, you know triangles pointing out of it. Um, it was just something to do a little practice on uh, carving and. Uh, I saw someone do it on the internet in like a couple of minutes and, and I said, Oh sure. I, I can do that. And, and I had a square looks, block of, uh, it looks really cool. It looks like one of those things where it reminds me of the like bandsaw giraffes or the bandsaw deers Yeah. where when you look at it, you can't figure out how it was made, but you know that it's like a relic, you know, that it's probably a relatively simple repetitive process, but just by looking at the finished piece, it's like, ah, oh, how did he do that? It's, and that's why I wanted to do it is exactly that. And I'm thinking of just like uh, throwing a hook on it and hanging it on the Christmas tree. Perfect. Or on that's, the top even. Well, the top already has a star. So, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the, the fun I've been working on. It took like the guy on the internet, he did a, w- a much smaller one and it only took him a couple minutes. And I decided to do one that was about, I think it's about uh, two inches by two inches by two inches. Cause it's a cube. Um, and it took much longer than four minutes. So, anyways, so I was also, it a one-hour build or no? No, it was actually longer than one hour. So, but I learned mm-hmm. a lot of carving technique, and I think as I got better at it, yeah. it got smoother and faster for sure. So that was the goal, and I think I succeeded. Um, I learned something. Hmm. Yay me! Nice. Woo-hoo. I also uh, released the workspace makeover video and for the first time ever did a mini podcast for my patrons um, for all zero of them. And, uh, and we'll see. So I have a question for you. Like I find doing the, the mini podcasts is like a really good opportunity to reflect on the project and kind of like focus on some lessons learned. Like, did you find it was a useful exercise? Totally, and I think it'll get better as I do more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's hard on the first one. Yeah, the first one I recorded it twice because I tried recording with OBS Studio, the thing I use for my live stream, um, and I thought I'd set it up right, but it was still echoey as crazy. So huh. I don't know. I must I must not know how to use the software. So then I just re- used Voice Recorder, which is the free app that comes with Windows, and it worked just fine. It was a little quiet, but I know how to boost it up. Yeah. If only there was some sort of website you could use for podcasting. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I've done yeah. that. I've, I've recorded a voiceover in Zencaster. Huh. I could probably do that, but you're the mm. guy who owns it, and Morley also has an owning of, of his own account, and I don't have an account. I'm just so a guest here. I'm not paying for it. It's free at the moment. Oh, it is. It's free. free. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> that. COVID. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say something. I don't know. Keep going. Yeah, that was it. You made me forget. So Grant, I I have two questions about the workspace video. Yes. Go. Uh, Number one, I feel like you had the perfect opportunity at the beginning to say like, today we're going to transform this like old workspace and then cut to the new one and say to this new workspace. And why didn't you do it? It was like the perfect Mm -hmm. opportunity for it. So I actually filmed, uh, instead of that, I, I, I had planned to do um, and now we're going to clean it up. And I went like this and then I was supposed to, and then it, all the junk was supposed to disappear and it was supposed to be a nice clean wall and ready to go. Right. 
And mm. in the middle of that filming, like I did it and I kept the camera rolling and I must have hit the, the tripod and it moved the camera. And so I couldn't oh. use the two footages. And mm. I basically, and I didn't, so I'd already filmed the start at the beginning and that was wouldn't it be my cool camera trick. And yeah, I, I hit the tripod and I didn't realize I hit the tripod or else I could have refilmed it, right? Or or tried to set it up again, but then it was too late once. Once I realized it, I was already all the way done. So Gotcha. So I did think of something fun, but I just You could have just done a cool transition or something, but there's a cool transition at the end. There is. Okay, other question I had is at like a minute or so into the video, you were using this jig to rip um a long piece of wood on your table saw. Yes. Like tapering jig. Oh, it's just, Oh, you were cutting a taper. I could not no. figure out what that was. Or no, 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 no. He was okay. cutting a straight edge. I wasn't what was using... it and why were you using it? Right. So it wasn't a tapering jig. This is a jointer sled. And the, so that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So a jointer sled is a little bit like you could set up a tapering jig to do the same thing, but you basically, you need a mm. flat edge on your board. And you mm-hmm. and then you use your your fence to go off that fat flat edge, as to make a parallel line. So the jointer sled essentially it turns the, your table saw into a jointer. Right. The the jointer sled takes the bow out of it, and makes it completely so, straight. But if you're running it along your fence anyway, isn't it just as if you're running that naked board along the fence? Why clamp it then to the other board? Because you, if you had a long enough fence, you could just run along the fence. But because it's mm. so long, it you need to go through something that registers the entire length. Gotcha. So if that I had a seven-foot-long fence, that would work. Okay. Right? Or if you're cool. dealing with small enough boards, it also works. I was going to say, yeah, in other words, if you had a board that's shorter than your fence, you wouldn't need the sled. Yes. Yeah, I um, I, lo- I love, I do- I just love how much a sheet of plywood could change that, that place. Like, add a couple of shelves and add a new te- a new top, and you it looks like you have a whole new shop. Yeah, insane. It's and imagine if I'd like painted the bottom to make it look nicer or something, like <laughs> you know, a sheet of plywood and a, and a little bit of paint, you know, would have made it a, a huge transition. I I decided to just yeah. go for it's my furnace room, so I'm happy with just making it that little bit of transition but it makes me want to actually go into the the room now which is i think what matters Mm. yeah Um, that's huge yeah can i also just point out that my wife already gets pissed off that i have one workshop right you alone too well i let my wife park in my workshop so well (laughs) yeah that's true you've got a double garage so that's all right (laughs) So in the winter, I use the downstairs basement because I lose half of my workshop. Mm. So, right. We'll let that one. So (laughs) this week, I have been um, editing my latest video, which will drop before this episode comes out. Um, It was about making this little leather coin purse and earbud case. This was a commissioned Hanukkah gift. Um, and it's just, it's just the simple little leather case with a succulent carving on one side. Um, I'm really happy with how it came out. It was going to someone who is very, very picky. Um, so we spent a lot of time with the commissioner going back and forth, sort of like figuring out the aesthetic. Um, 
and it, it came out with this like really nice subtle earth tones it kind of reminds me of like a sneaker aesthetic um and yeah it was just like this cool little project i'm really enjoying like integrating zippers into things it feels like a big level up totally. um in terms of material usage yeah um i, I definitely think marketing in it as an earbud case is the way to go mm. because yeah. when you were talking about a coin purse i was like eh, like oh, that's nice like i know you were talking about it and you're like doing i saw you like stitching and whatever i was like yeah whatever like a coin purse i'm never going to use that earbud case that's something i you know anyone could ha- could use yeah and throwing airpods into the description and then boy you are seo optimized <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i love so it it's in, a- it. it's in it really nice Thank you. Yeah. So that's, that should be coming out. Um, integrated some music back into it. Um, I've kind of came to realize that like, that is the ASMR style is good and fun and everything, but like I do really enjoy integrating the music and kind of joining those two art forms. So mm. found an, a, a great piano um, performer and composer, which, mm. yeah, but the main bulk of my work and energy this week has been working on this puzzle box for the Because We Make Unwrap a Project challenge. Um, it works. I got it all assembled and the mechanism works. I had a few sort of unforeseen difficulties that I had to deal with in terms of like some things not quite matching up, some things being a little too tight, which was, I sort of expected as I designed it on the computer and then 3D printed it and then assembled it. So there's a lot of steps in between for something to not quite translate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know exactly where those problems would come up. Luckily, I have like, especially with them pushing back the deadline, I had enough time to sort of troubleshoot everything. Um, yeah, without and- the deadline being pushed back, I, I messaged Vin- Vincent and he had joked in the in the, in the episode, like Grant's going to post a picture of his door. And I went, so can I enter my door? And he went, I think we're <laughs> going to post the, the postpone the deadline. Wait, why, why is your door a toy or a game? It's uh, it is orange, and oh. <laughs> that's all. I it wasn't a good entry. That way, I was just trying to be like I wanted to participate. Oh, okay. I just didn't have a, a toy or a game that I could do, but I had an orange and sloppy uh, door. <laughs> I must have missed that. All right, well, yeah, I it was a it was a private message with him, so you. Oh, that's why I missed. That's it. probably why you didn't <laughs> see it. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I am doing like Always a trying totally. To get DMs. <laughs> I'm doing a totally new video style for this, um, and it's it's going to be sort of like a retrospective overview of the project, rather than showing the whole design process and the whole creating process. Going to have a lot of like integrated talking heads, um, and I'm actually going to get Eden to try and open it. So she has she's seen it peripherally but I've kept all the details away from her and made sure not to like demonstrate the locking mechanism while she's around. Nice. So we'll see how long it takes her to get it open. Um, and if she does it really fast, I might um, ask my neighbor if he wants to try as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, it will be. Um, so um, speaking of like video styles and, and also the, like the coin purse e-bud case, um, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen every single one of your videos. Have you ever made a video where you actually explain what you're doing with the leatherworking? Yeah, like with a voiceover. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, because uh, the last few that I've seen, like I, I look and I'm like, oh, why are you doing it like that? And why are you doing it like that? And I thought it'd be good to like maybe even just do like an updated video. Yeah. I, and, I, you know, I think like once I make the backpack video, that is yeah. something that I would want to do a voiceover with because there's going to be a lot of steps, a lot of problem solving, a lot of figuring out. And I feel like I'll be motivated to do the voiceover and it will bring a lot of value. Um, but I, I think I felt with my like more recent projects that they're a little more basic and small so that like I'd rather just show and not tell. And, yeah. and I think it's hard because sure. it, it feels like for me repetitive when I'm telling and explaining the exact same thing over and over again and I'll try something 100%. new. Right. And I think that's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your, in your mouth morally, but I'm sure you felt the same way. Like you No, And I think what's, I think what's happened consequentially is that I do a voiceover when it's something like very new for me. And I feel mm-hmm. like I have a lot to explain, but then, I feel like I don't want to ex- like keep saying. That's where I feel like it would be nice over. to have one where you could talk about things that you've like learnt since you started, like since yeah. you first For learned. Sure. If you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, but yeah. All right, well, let's move on. Um, Morley just apparently decided to ruin the segue and talked about um, his Honeycub. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Honeycub as his first thing. But anyway, um, <laughs> this week we are going to. No segue. We're going to have a holiday special talk about um, cultural differences between Canada, America, and Australia. And we're going to start off actually talking about um, Grant and I both celebrate Christmas. I mean, I'm not religious in any way. I don't know if you are, Grant. Nope. Um, but Morley does not celebrate Christmas. He celebrates Hanukkah. Han- yeah. Han- Hanukkah. Hanukkah. I feel like I'm saying it wrong, but I've said it that many times in my life. Um, and yeah, I just think it'd be it'd be great to talk about the differences between the two. I honestly, I'm going to be completely honest. I know nothing about it, about Hanukkah. So um, I'll, I'll start it out then. Um, so Hanukkah, it's interesting. It's actually like a relatively minor Jewish holiday. But culturally, it has become very elevated because it falls around the same time as Christmas. Um but essentially, the, the holiday of Hanukkah is celebrating um, an event in the Bible, as most Jewish holidays do. And it was when the... Oh, I'm going to get this. See, like I'm not the most knowledgeable <laughs> Jew on the planet. So that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give a very surface level overview. Essentially, um, there was a miracle that happened in that... The Jews were defending a temple. This family called the Maccabees was defending it that was being invaded. And they only had, they only thought they had enough oil to last them one night of light. But somehow the oil lasted them eight nights of light. So Hanukkah is sort of called the festival of lights. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of celebrating this miracle and and, uh, in this very trying time that God got the Jews through this invasion and they like kept their spirits up. Um, So yeah, it's, it's eight nights long. Um, it, as when I was growing up, we would always make latkes, which are these delicious fried potato pancakes. Very oh much my like hash God. browns. They're the best. Yeah. Uh, They're so, so good. To, to do a little bit of a, there's a Jewish bagel place uh, in Ottawa, like all good places that make bagels have to be Jewish. And Kettleman sure. Bagel. And oh my God, it was always, I remember grabbing, getting those. Uh, 
they were just amazing. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So they're they're traditionally eaten with applesauce and sour cream. Just this great combination. Um, you can a lot of people also throw smoked salmon on top, which is a nice little protein mm-hmm. hit because it tends to be a pretty carb heavy dinner. Um, Do you guys have um, potato scallop? Or like, if you went to a fish and chip shop, can you order like a potato scallop? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Okay, well, I wonder if it's what you're talking about because you said potato pancake, and that's kind yeah. of what a potato scallop. It's like. Take a like a slice of potato, so like a round slice, coat it in batter, and then deep fry it. Nope. Mm, okay, so the latkes are made of like shredded and ground potatoes. It's essentially the recipe is very hash simple. Brown? It's just shredded. Yeah, it's like hash browns. It's shredded potatoes, <laughs> onions, matzo meal, and egg, fried in oil. And fried in oil is the important Sounds part amazing. because that's the symbolism of the food. Like it's ah. everything is centered around the oil, and that is also mm. why. Um, jelly donuts and in Hebrew it's sufgan yot are also eaten on Hanukkah. It's because it's an it's it's fried in oil. Hmm. So it's traditional on Hanukkah to go to someone's house and like deliver them a box of jelly donuts. So you just eat fried food for eight days. Yeah, well usually growing up we would only have latkes on one night, but it was great because we would have essentially eight nights of presents. So as a kid, that's super fun. We would get like one or two gifts of night. And that is always one of the big differences I saw between like my upbringing and the majority of my friends who celebrated Christmas is that like Christmas for them was like this one big extravaganza of presents and food and decoration and everything. And there's this big lead up, but it all culminated in this one day. Mm-hmm. And for me, Hanukkah was spread over eight days and it, in that it felt very different. Yeah. But I then think, so you just touched sorry. on it, but the most important questions, do you get presents? Yes. So we got <laughs> we got growing up we would be given one or two presents a night. Um oh, so you guaranteed at least eight presents. Nice. There, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try my best not to be disrespectful because I mean no disrespect. No, none taken. Um I'm just like I I have a thing where I just like to have fun. So, oh no, for sure. I mean, I I, no, but also to like our listeners, I I mean, no disrespect to anyone. Like making these little jokes is, like, it's just trying to be funny. I okay. You have to understand. I I don't want people to think I'm coming from the wrong place. Growing up Jewish, like, I constantly have to explain holidays to people because most people in the places that I've lived are not Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in elementary school, like I would bring latkes to school on Hanukkah and like tell the story of Hanukkah to the class. <laughs> um, like usually grow, usually in school, I was like one of like one or two Jewish kids in class. Um, so it was, oh. it, it, I kind of, I think like a lot of Jews, like we have this sort of sense of like you're in the diaspora, which is the word for like Jews, like kind of in exile um, for much of, much of the world's history really so it's it's nothing like I, i'm good I mean, it's all good it's all so good in the hood. i grew up going to a catholic school so i didn't get to experience any uh other religions at all because you know whatever uh <laughs> yeah. we can end that conversation there uh anyways it, it was uh so it's a re- i find it very interesting to learn about different cultures and different religions because I, I feel like there's there's so much to learn from people and so many differences, but so many also similar things uh, depending on, you know, obviously this isn't 
uh, you know, Christmas isn't the in Hanukkah aren't the same thing, and like you said, it only really gained importance in uh, in North America because of the closeness to Christmas. But uh, it is interesting just to you know, oh, we you know, kids get gifts. It's you know, those yeah. are similarities. It's a you know, it's like everything. There's more things that are the same than things that are different throughout oh, for history. Sure. And like, I love christmas and christmas music and the season of it like to me it all is this culmination of like this really like great festive time um Mm. with a lot of like warmth amid the cold and actually adam it's really i'd love to like get your take on that as well because for you christmas is a warm time and for me i feel like a lot of the associations with christmas and hanukkah come from it being cold outside yeah, and for us, it's completely opposite. For us, Christmas Day is spending the day at the beach, having you know a festive <laughs> meal and spending time with your family outside, going for a swim and burning your feet on the sand and all that sort of stuff. That's, yeah, it, I've always been so envious and always wanted to have a white Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, just to step back, <laughs> just to step back um, quickly, I'm just curious with, um, so it's, is it Jew Jewism? Is that how Judaism? You say it? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Have you found like a difference between Canada and America in like the culture of like? Is it more? Um, like, would you say there's more Jewish people in America and sort of stuff? And so that's actually interesting because both I the only two places I've lived for any appreciable amount of time in Canada are Montreal and Toronto both of which are relatively large cities and both of which have like relatively large Jewish populations. So that actually is a pretty big difference from where I grew up where, I mean, there was a synagogue in my hometown, but I think percentage wise, both in Toronto and Montreal, there are many more Jews than in New Hampshire where I grew Mm. up. But I mean, in, in terms of observance and everything else, there's, there's not much difference. There's some small terms, small, like, People grow up um, singing different tunes in their local temples and synagogues. So that's like the main thing you notice when you like go to a, like a Hanukkah or Passover dinner at someone's house. It's like, oh, I would sing that prayer to this other tune um, or this other version of it. There's a lot of like little regional differences mm. like that. Um, but it, there's more similarities than differences. And also there's so many different levels of observance of Judaism in terms of like reform and conservative and orthodox. And then you can get into Yiddish which is a whole nother language from Hebrew. So like many Jewish prayers are in Hebrew and they'll sound a certain way, but then other families might've grown up reciting prayers in Yiddish, which is a language that sort of came about as a combination of Hebrew and Eastern European languages. So it's this whole other dialect and it sounds very, very different. Yeah. Oh. Ah, this is interesting. Very interesting <laughs> stuff. Now, yeah. so in the pre-show, we were talking about dreidels. Yeah. And and I know, like, the only thing I know is the song, Dreidel, 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 I Made You Out of Clay. I don't know where that comes from. Mm-hmm. But, to me, it comes from South Park. And I know it doesn't come from South Park, because that's not where I know it from. <laughs> that's, that's where I know it from, right. though. <laughs> so, but I wonder, is dreidel something you would make? I ask this because I want to understand, to try and bring in some makery into this conversation, would you make you know, them or would you get them? So I might have made a dreidel in like Hebrew school as a kid. So for context, um, most 
a lot of Jewish kids, myself included, you would go to like the equivalent of Sunday school in Christianity. So it's like, we actually went to Hebrew school and Sunday school. So you would go like once a week <laughs> oh, I'm for so a certain number of years as a kid <laughs> to learn, to learn Hebrew, to prepare for your bar mitzvah and uh, Sunday school to learn more about like the religious stuff itself, less so the language. Um, and I think within there, we might've made dreidels one year, but essentially dreidel is a game that you play on Hanukkah with this four sided spinning top. And there's a letter on each side. There's Nun, Gimel, Hay, and Shin, which are four Hebrew letters. And it was, it was a lot of, we would usually get them as kids, um, get these little plastic ones or some like really nice big wooden ones. It definitely is um, a handcrafted thing that some people use. And there's some really beautiful dreidels out there that I've seen. We had this, we had this massive wooden one as a kid and it was really hard to spin as a really young child because like your hands aren't very strong. But I remember as I grew up, I could spin it like faster and faster. But essentially like whichever side it lands on determines how much of a pot, like like a poker pot in the middle that you get to take from. So we would a lot of times play with M&Ms as a kid. So gimel means that you get everything. Hey means that you, means that you get half. Nun means that you get nothing. And Shin means that you get one, I believe, or it might mean that you have to put one back in. Um, but the significance so, of the of the letters is that it, it's actually a mnemonic. Uh, it stands for a great miracle happened there or here, depending on if you're in Israel or not. Um, saying that at the second temple, like this great miracle happened. There is lots of symbolism in Judaism. I don't know if you've picked up on this yet. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like every little ritual and game and something has some sort of symbolism. I'm curious. You said as kids you used M&Ms. What do adults use? Um, adults probably wouldn't play Dreidel because it's not actually that fun or interesting of a game. <laughs> it's oh, entirely... I was expecting based. like some underground gambling ring. Um, oh, you can play with like quarters or something. I think at a certain point we might have played with quarters. Yeah, hmm. cool. All right. All right, let's try and uh, move away from the religious stuff a bit. Okay. Um, so I know I'm, I'm genuinely curious to know though. Um, what, so what would, cons- what would your Christmas day consist of? Um, or your, so like eight. you wake up. Oh, me or for Grant? Uh, both of you. Like, cause you, cause you're in like the snowy and cold climate. Well, Christmas day for me is incredibly boring. So I'll let Grant take that away. <laughs> all right. So for me, it's literally you open up all your presents, um, like so, I I know there's a lot of people have different little like things that they would do, but so like everyone has a little bit of a different. So when I grew up, what we were allowed to do is you would wake up, and before your parents were awake, because you know you would wake up an obscene hour of like four o'clock in the morning, and they were like, <laughs> you do not come upstairs at four o'clock because we've been wrapping presents till two. Um, so. Uh, they don't tell you that part till they're older. But anyway, see, you don't wake them up right away. Um, and you were allowed to open up their stocking. So, you know, mm-hmm. the stocking hung by the fire. And the stocking was always like a small toy, like a little Lego or something. Um, and some other, like, in some candies and, and whatever. And probably socks just to, like, make you annoyed. Because um, you're a kid and you're like, I don't want socks, but you get to open them first. So. Electric games, but they don't give you batteries until they wake up. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so we were allowed to, you would open up your, your thing, your stocking, and then play with your toy until they would wake up. And then you got to open up all the rest of the presents. And, 
you know, five minutes later and all the wrapping papers flown around the room. You forget everyone who gave you things. And, uh, yeah, I find like it, it always went too fast looking back at it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going to try and get I, me- I remember being so annoyed that we had to leave the house because I just wanted to play with my toys. Right. And then you would literally drive around to like all the family members and say hi. So that was always something that struck me about Christmas that I found very interesting is that it's this like, it's this big buildup to a peak and then it drops off. Like I always Mm -hmm. thought like it would be great if Christmas was like at the end of January, because I feel like after Christmas, then you have like three months of winter to slog through and it's like you peak too early. (laughs) So do you guys have like Christmas day and that's it? Yeah. Essentially. You don't have Boxing Day? Well, we have Boxing Day, but it's just a holiday. Now, it has become way more commercialized. In Canada growing up, that was nothing. Like, and everything was closed growing up. And now it has become a commercialized, like, Americanized. Yeah, no, yeah, everything's open here. Yeah. And so Boxing Day for us is like a sale day. Yeah, it's the same for us now. But I I don't like it. I don't leave the house. I won't go to a Boxing Day sale. I don't support it. I definitely won't go this year, uh, but I never go. I never go. I don't support it at all. I think <laughs> that you should give some people a break because these people have been mm-hmm. working their butts off in retail the entire month of December. And then you're just basically like, hey, if that wasn't enough, let's give you a ridiculous day now. The next well, for Boxing sure, day. especially considering the origins of Boxing Day, which was for like lords to give gifts to their servants. It's like the whole idea of boxing day is supposed to be like a reprieve for working class people exactly hmm. and that's interesting i don't even need to know that lore to go they deserve a break uh but they don't get it like most retail people get to choose between working christmas eve or boxing day and that's the best that they have for christmas their christmas holiday is you either work christmas eve or you work about boxing day and i just go like give them one more than one day off like Anyways, let me get off my soapbox. I think um, what I'm picking up is that, so the difference, I think the biggest difference is that you guys would celebrate Christmas and and the holidays indoors. Um, Yeah, totally. So so you would go from house to house. Yes. To to visit family. So so with us, so um, this year is a little bit different at, we tend to change every year. So Christmas Eve, we'll go to my mom's house and have a big Christmas dinner, like roast pork, ham, chicken, all that, sort of, all the roast veggies, all that. And then Christmas turkey, Day, we'll open up all the presents. Not at my mom's house because she doesn't like it and no one else really does. But am I, um, so then on Christmas Day after Christmas, after presents, we go to the beach with my wife's, so the Christmas Day is my wife's family. They have turkey and all that sort of stuff, but it's all served cold. It's not a roast, it's just salad and, and like all the meats. Um, and then Boxing Day, we go back to my mum's house with all the family because um, she has a pool and stuff. But normally we would go to a park or something like that. Because and, she has um, a pool. And we'll have a hot roast dinner. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, exactly. Um, and then we'll have like a hot roast dinner. So, so we celebrate over like the three days. Um, normally Christmas Eve will be like a nice dinner with um, close family. And then we visit the two different families, but it's all outdoors. 
we go we go to my mum's house because there's a pool, and we go to the beach because no one in my wife's family has a pool, has a pool, so we go to the beach. Um, so we would have. Like I just a, find it so interesting. A Christmas day, maybe not Christmas day, but we would definitely have like a a, a day where you like everyone got together on Christmas to have a dinner with the family, but mm-hmm. like a big family dinner. But you know as. As you get older and you get your own families, you stop, you know, the, the family, the big families expand to the point where you can't all get in one house anymore. Right. So yeah. it's kind of been, you know, less and less that of that over time. Um, hmm. It's kind of sad. And then this year it's going to be even sadder, but we'll try and keep this upbeat yeah. and not think about that. So I, I, as a kid and to this day have always loved Thanksgiving and I think part of the reason for that is I get a lot of the like family and big meal and coming togetherness from Thanksgiving that you guys get during Christmas. Um, and that's also a difference with Canada in the U.S. I mean, Canada has Thanksgiving as well, but it is much bigger yeah, in the know. U.S. in terms of like you get a five-day weekend. Everyone goes back to their hometown. There's the whole concept concept of like the homecoming game, which I know is also a thing in many Canadian schools. Um, you had a five day weekend over Thanksgiving. Yeah, because Thanksgiving is always the last Thursday of the month, so you get a lot of people have Thursday and Friday off, and then you a lot of times Wednesday as well. Yeah, except for working class people who don't get Friday off, so they get Thursday off, and then they have to go back to work on Friday. Right, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> so it's work, annoying for I work every day. It doesn't matter if it's public holiday or not. Yeah, but you get extra pay instead, right? Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you get compensated. You're I, I get like, doing it. yeah, you get double payers. So I, I've I've been um I, I've been pretty I've been pretty lucky. I've been in my job now for seven years, and I haven't worked Christmas once. I always just seem to get rostered off, or I had annual leave last year. But I work New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Um, which I'm more than happy to because we don't really do much anyway and it's worth the three and a half times pay. Right. So as I, as I kind of alluded to earlier, Christmas has always been like a very boring day for me because no one can hang out because everyone's celebrating with their families and nothing's open. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and also my my dad would usually work on Christmas because like he didn't have to spend time with his family. So like no one's home either. Um, so what I would always find funny, like this happened every year. I would text my group of friends be like, like, Hey, does like anyone want to like hang out, like go sledding or something? And I was like, more like, it's still Christmas. I was like, Oh, isn't it just the morning? <laughs> like you guys can't hang out. Yet. Like I, I had no concept of like how long Christmas lasted. Well, so like a lot of times we would get like Chinese food the night before or the day of because those are the only restaurants that are open. We would told, and it's, it's kind of a tradition totally in many Jewish be... families to get Chinese food on um, Christmas, kind of like in a Christmas story, the movie. Yeah. I mean, that's why they go because it's the only restaurants that are open. Ah, so I we would totally get Chinese food for Christmas, and that's why I liked oh, nice. it way better than Thanksgiving because I don't really like turkey, but like fried food, how how can you say no? So I guess yeah. apparently we had a Jewish tradition in my family too. There you go. You know, Adam, I found it kind of funny that you said you have like a roast dinner on Christmas because to me, like roast vegetables and like roast other things is a very like cold weather dinner. Like, do you have that at other times in the summer or do you feel, do you think it's like, because it's Christmas, you kind of like take on the, 
traditional um, Christmas dinner. So Christmas is definitely like the big one. Like we have a roast pork and a roast ha- like we have a yeah like a leg of ham and chicken and turkey and then all the fixings. But then like during summer, yeah, I'd happily cook a roast with veggies and all that. But it would just be like the one, like you know, a roast pork or something. Hmm. Um, but but yeah, See, I mean, thought, it gets like, really hot here, but we still love roast. Fair. I've always thought that roasts weren't were like good anytime because like if you think of like a, a spit roast or something like that would wouldn't have been done in the winter it would have been done anytime because yeah but i get what no, you're Grant, saying we talked about this in our camping trip how you have a big you, you hate when people say that certain foods are for certain <laughs> weathers yeah it's true <laughs> yeah, i'm not a big fan of like I mean, but we all we all agree that soup is only for cold weather no grant doesn't no, I, <laughs> I know that's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so I while we're on the topic of food, I'm curious if if you said to someone, "Can you get me a bag of Cheetos?" What would that be? It would be this like corn thing covered in an orange cheese powder. Whoa! You got Cheeto balls, cheese, cheese and bacon balls. Is that a yeah. Cheeto? Well, it says they're Cheetos, but it, but that's not what it would be. It's something else. No, I mean, so like I think of like traditional Cheetos as like the more like the, the skinnier ones that weren't as puffed. But then I feel like Cheetos has expanded their product line into more like puffed stuff with different flavorings over the years. Right. But, yeah, well, I, I assumed Cheetos would have like a general thing, and then you would ask for the alternative if you wanted it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so are you are you trying to like throw shade at your wife or something right now? No why? Oh, because you who got you that bag of Cheetos? I ate them. No, who got it for you? Oh, my wife. Yeah, is that not were you? Is that what you were expecting? Yeah. Is that the normal Australian Cheeto? Is yeah, it yeah, yeah. I'm just curious because I've heard like. Yeah, that's that's all we have. We don't have any other Cheetos. What? Okay, so you don't. Yeah. That's I think that's the crux yeah. of what we're getting at. So yeah. you don't. Yeah. That shape is the shape of Cheetos that you expect. Well, I've never called them Cheetos. I've always just called them cheese and bacon balls. As I've only just realized today that they're actually the brand Cheetos, and that's what made me think. What do you guys consider Cheetos to be? Right, nothing like that. I would not if I had. I don't even know if I could get a cheese and bacon ball. Or any other ba- cheese ball that is... I'm sure they make it. Like, it's like, I feel like every processed food company, I, there must be a term for it, but, like, the increasingly complexness of offerings, like, Oreo now has, like, strawberry and birthday cake Oreos. It's we like, every, they make every variety of everything now. So but I, to me, I remember, when I think of Cheetos, I think of, like, a much skinnier stick-like thing. But I like, fully like expect twisty? that Cheetos now makes what I would call those as cheese balls. Hmm. Um, do you guys have twisties? Well, explain no. them to us. Because That's we might. pretty much what you just said. Oh, no, we have Cheetos. <laughs> okay. So I have seen Cheetos. So we do, have, um, we do have shops here that like sell American food and stuff. And I have seen what you're saying with the Cheetos. They do look very similar to twisties. Um but they're just made by a different company here. We don't get a lot of 
food that you guys get. So I've seen video. I've seen a video once of someone that like collects all the different flavors of Oreos. We get like normal Oreos, thin Oreos, double stuff Oreos. Actually, right. I don't even know if we get double stuff, and that's it. The, this is flavors. an American problem. Okay, this yeah, is totally sure. America. It's, it's an American problem that's trickling into Canada. Yeah, that's like what happens starting when your company to pays for your food. I mean, when your government pays for your food. Which government pays for food? America's. Isn't that why everyone, all their food's so cheap? Because it's all subsidized. Uh, like dairy and meat, but not a lot of processed foods. Yeah. Isn't that why you can pay like a dollar for all you can eat? Well, I don't can. know about that. Yeah, no. It, I don't think it has anything to do with subsidies. It has to do with cheap labor. Because like minimum wage in some well, states yeah. is like $3 an hour. That's not true. <laughs> um, another perspective on that too. So apparently a small like McDonald's meal from America is what we would consider a large. Yeah, I can believe that. No, I totally noticed going from the US to Canada that portion sizes are obviously smaller in Canada. Hmm. You go to the US and it's like night and day in terms yeah. of the size of things, um, even among franchises. Like a large at McDonald's in the U.S. is not the same as a large at McDonald's in the States. It's very yeah. apparent. But like you go to a grocery, like the cookie aisle in the U.S., and you see um, every flavor under the sun of Oreos. And then you go in, to, in Canada, and you're like, okay, we, they have like 60% of those, but the next month they'll have like 65%. Hmm. Like it's slowly, slowly trickling over. It sounds like America needs like – a few cookie oils. <laughs> they might at a certain point. <laughs> Lowest minimum wage in the U.S. is five fifteen. So I thought federal minimum wage was like seven fifty an hour. It's so federal minimum wage is seven twenty five an hour. So how is a state minimum wage lower? Well, you know what? That's a whole episode for another thing. It's like <laughs> okay, a whole okay. other topic uh, that we can talk about in another day, but I like, yeah, three, I think there might be a lower wage for waitresses as well. Oh uh, yeah. Like uh, if you make um, tips, it's different. Yeah. Our national minimum wage is 1984 an hour. Wow. I mean, in saying that people do get paid less than that. I, I remember getting paid like 12 bucks an hour working at Domino's. Anyways. All this to say, let's not talk too much about that. I think we need to move on over to, I don't know, maybe Adam can oh, well, take over hosting. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, just, I only just realized what time it was. Yeah, we should we should move on. All right. Um, where are we up to? Clint Men- yeah, let's do Clint Mendations. Grant can wait, go first because he's first on the list. Wait, but Adam, you should explain that we're doing Clint Mendations a little different this week. Oh, well, yes, right. we are. Well, we are. Grant's not. So Grant's still kind of. I, so I decided this morning that um, for my Clement Nation, I'm going to do a Christmas movie or a, hol- a holiday movie because this episode is coming out four days before Christmas and I think it would be great to give people an idea of stuff to watch. Grant decided to get a Christmas video, which actually was going to be my choice before I decided to do a movie. <laughs> um but anyway, so Molly and I are going to throw some movies at you that you can watch before Christmas, and Grant's going to give you a Grant, YouTube video. Grant doesn't play by the rules. That's what he's yeah. doing. <laughs> so my mine is uh, is my clamendation this week. Pask makes made a a wonderful wooden mm. snowflake um, where he used plain shavings from a from his hand plane, glued them to a piece of paper, and then made a 
a snowflake from that. It looks awesome. I really love these like scrap wood challenge projects that he does. Um, they're pretty much like, I don't know. It's really cool to see him like, yeah, it's his thing, but it's also cool to see like how creative he gets with using this scrap wood. Right. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just always cut it together and make a big giant board that he then like rips down and makes something out of. No, he doesn't do that. He tries to be very creative about how he uses it. But the work he does with shavings amazes me. That's what I was just going to say. That's my favorite stuff is when he does the shavings work. Um, So this one's kind of cool. But what I I, I alluded to earlier is I'm really tired of hearing these big makers pre-apologize for things like he says, well, I know this isn't a woodworking video. And I'm like, are you working with wood? Then it's a woodworking Mm. video. Like, stop pre-apologizing. Right, like the people who like you aren't the ones complaining, so stop worrying about those idiots yeah. that are. Ooh, that's angry. a good point. Yeah, hundred percent. That's see, my, people, my recommendation: people, is go watch that. People that aren't crazy, if they don't like it, they'll just not watch it and watch the next one. But yeah, well, I'm gonna ask you anyway. What's your favorite Christmas movie? I don't, I don't know. A holiday movie. How do you, how do you not know? know? I'm just surely your really. son wants to watch The Grinch every day. Mine does. Nope, he's too young. <laughs> He wants to watch Dora the Explorer every day. Every well, we day. We went through that. I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. And now, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Dora the Explorer. Every parent that has seen it, Dora the Explorer just had like a little bit Ooh. of like an aneurysm. I'm going to change my um nation. So, Molly, you want to go on? Sure. I will go. So, I my nation for this week is a holiday movie. And I'm not just saying that to be politically correct because it is a holiday movie in that it is about Christmas and Hanukkah. Mm. Um, It is a movie that is actually not very good, but it's very near and dear to my heart because I watched it a lot during my childhood. And that movie is Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. Um, There was, I must have seen that. Yeah, so it's it's a cartoon. Um, Maybe not. It is literally a Christmas and Hanukkah movie. Um, so, and if you know Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song, I was just going to say, might enjoy that. The only thing I know about Hanukkah comes from Adam Sandler. So yeah, where he just lists famous Jews. <laughs> well, no, he, you know, he also talks about it's the eight days of lights or something like that in the song. He, do, he does say that it is eight days. I'll give you that. And he says something um, about lights mm-hmm. and he talks Festival about dreidels, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a classic. It's an oldie, but a goodie. It's from two thousand two. Um, if you've never seen it, I would suggest it. It's um, but don't come running to me if you watch it and you're like, that was a bad movie because I'm not saying it's great, but right. it is a it's an Adam near Sandler and dear holiday movie. Adam Sandler doesn't make great movies. Yeah, he's, he's made a couple. Movie. Yeah, he's made a couple <laughs> good movies. And that's that's all. And now we'll, let's keep it on. The, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to change it up. I decided not to do a movie, but I'm doing a TV show instead. I did have Bad Santa for my movie. So if you do want a movie, go watch that. Anyway, we have this cartoon. It's a kid's cartoon like Dog the Explorer. It's made in Australia. If you want to know Australian culture, watch this um, this kid's show. There's seven-minute video, seven videos. Um, it is like legit my favorite cartoon that is out there today because it's so relatable to parents. Even if you're not, 
interested in the Australian part, you will still relate to it, even if you're American. Anyway, they put out two episodes so far for Christmas. One's called Christmas Swim, and the other one's called Veranda Santa, um, which are two... <laughs> Veranda Santa? Yeah, so this is two um, things we have in Australia. I've never done Veranda Santa, but I, I, I know it's a thing. Um, it'll really help explain Australian Christmas. Mm, so, okay. yeah. Yeah, so if you want to go watch those two episodes, it'll really help explain Australian Christmas. But the premise of Christmas Swim is you open your presents and you go for a Christmas Day swim because Australia and it's hot. <laughs> so wow. in broad, I'm going to suggest you go watch the um, TV show Bluey and it will be linked in the show notes, um, but specifically the two Christmas episodes. What is a blue healer dog? Is a you healer just said dog what it thing? Is. I've never heard of this yes. before. A blue a blue healer is our version of a sheep dog, I think. Oh, interesting. Well, Bluey is yeah, blue one healers. Of those. Yeah. Is um yeah, we used we used to have a TV show when I was growing up called Blue Healers and it was about police. I don't know how that's relatable, but <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Blue Healer is an Australian dog. <laughs> oh god. Okay, I think we're losing it now. Anyway, it. uh moving on. Uh, also, want to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, our F Clamp level gets um, a shout out on the episode, which is uh, Leroy from Big Rock Timberworks. And anyone who is a Patreon also gets access to the before show if we do one, but always the after show. We always do an after show. And also, any level that signs up to be a Patreon gets a sweet leather keychain made by our one and only Molly Kurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to support us, it's patreon.com forward slash clamp. But we also understand if you don't want to support us, can't afford to support us, anything like that. We just appreciate anyone who listens to the show. And we would also love it if you could share the show, let people know about it, people you think that would um, that would like it. And I feel like there's normally something else I'll say there, but I don't remember. So anyway, I also want to thank um, TF Turning for the theme music. And oh, if you want to hear Morley sing the theme music, then become a Patreon. He sings it every after show. I think that's it. All right. Any other business? Anything else you want to talk about? I've got a few things I want to talk about in the after show. Oh, well, I I don't have anything. I don't have anything for this after show, but I will for the next one. Ooh. Mm. I don't know. No, cool. I don't. That's it. All right. Cool. All right. Well, you can find me yeah. at Maker Mackey on YouTube and Facebook. You can find Grant at the Grant Alexander on Twitter and only Twitter. <laughs> no, you can find Grant everywhere at the Grant Alexander. And including find, Patreon. Oh, yeah, including Patreon. And you can find Molly, including Patreon, everywhere at Molly Kurt. Indeed. Bye. Happy holidays. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Happy holiday. Really? <laughs> the second I go to talk, you fucking get something. Did you not see the yeah. camera? No, I was looking at the... I don't know why I was looking at my screen. Anyway, three, two, one.